Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. On today's Men of the Apes, we stare into more soulless dead eyes. They greenlit the sequel without a story in mind. They just wanted to equal an unexpected gold mine. Beneath the Minute of the Apes. Beneath the Minute of the Apes. Beneath the Minute of the Apes. Hello and welcome to Minute of the Apes, the daily podcast where we break down every minute of the Planet of the Ape movies one minute at a time. I'm Todd and I've got Richard and Sean with me as always. Hey, it's Thursday. Hey, everybody. It is Thursday. Look at that. I didn't even think about it. The, the week has just clicked Flown along. by, hasn't it? All right, Sean, tell us what's going on with Minute 19. All right, we're going to start Minute 19 with chimps looking on, and it ends with the speaker gorilla saying, but for those fortunate enough to remain alive. All right, let's take a listen. Members of the Citizens' Council, I am a simple soldier, and as a soldier, I see things simply. I don't say all humans are evil simply because their skin is white. No, but our great lawgiver tells us that never, never will the human have the ape's divine faculty for being able to distinguish between evil and good. The only good human is a dead human. It's a bloody nightmare. But those fortunate enough to remain alive... All right, as of minute 19, we have three living humans, four dead humans, one dead ape, a shrewdness of apes, and a gaggle of humans. So am I the only one, when listening to the speaker, I'm, and I'm not sure who the actor is who's playing this gorilla, um, I just heard him hooking his thumbs under his braces and going, Members of the council, I'm but a simple gorilla. I, <laughs> I peel my bananas one foot at a time, just like all y'all, and I do hate these <laughs> damn humans. Come on now. Oh, wait, is that Jeff Sessions? Was, was that? <laughs> oh, my God. That's what I heard. No, yeah. he's way too tall to be Jeff Sessions. <laughs> I heard the well, uh, what's-her-name's uh, impression of Jeff Sessions on SNL that's going on right now. <laughs> I still no. haven't seen that I'm yet. I'm going to declare I'm Mr. President. <laughs> But that, um, he just sounds like a good old Southern lawyer just talking about the dirty humans. I do not simply say that all humans are evil so that, <laughs> simply because their skin is white, but our lawgiver tells us that never, never will they have the ape divine faculty for the distinguishing I mean, between evil exactly and good. I mean, that's exactly what it sounds like to me. So that it does, is, yeah, uh-huh. it does. That is the actor James Gregory, born in 1911, passed away in the year 2002. I'm going to scatter How shoot. How old was he? 90? Wow. Yeah, he lived quite a life. Dang. Uh, 
the man has uh, you're talking a filmography here and I'm just right. going to I'm going to skim 92. through this cuz I'm literally going from IMDb and see what I can find. There's a ton of TV work. You've seen this man before if you if you look at his face. Um at the craft theater, he's one of those characters. If you look at his face, you might know what he looks like. <laughs> I know. Okay. You can suck it. Twilight Zone, of course. Um, it is just a ton of TV, and there are some films in here, and I'm sure I'm skipping over some great things. I mean, he was on Star Trek, uh, the original Star Trek. He played Doctor Tristan Adams. Uh, when you when you think about these movies, I mean, outside of Heston, almost all of these people were covered up. Yeah. Television actors. No, I mean, oh, sorry. He was on a number of seasons of Big Valley. He was on Hawaii Five O, The Million Dollar Duck, Mission yeah, I Impossible. I think he laid go- the the Million Dollar Duck was about a duck that laid golden eggs. I think. Are you serious? That's yes. Sean's wealth of useless like as a, information. As a game show or like a no, show? No, as a movie, like a duck that laid golden eggs, and so he was a million dollar duck. So literally, whenever we're done, you Sorry. guys can come look over my shoulder at his <laughs> okay. picture, and you'll yes. go, oh, I've seen him a thousand times. Okay. He's one of those kind of actors. But you're right. He does have almost the Yosemite Sam kind of approach to delivering the lines. There oh, is I, this... I, I, I know, you know, Sean riffed on it, and I kind of riffed on it. I, di- I didn't really get that from him. Oh, it was I did. Kind of a, you did? It was kind mm-hmm. of a powerful moment. I, I... Oh, I think it's powerful. I don't want to demean it right, at all. Right, right, right. Real quick, I must back into this. Uh, the Million Dollar Duck is a 1971 American comedy film produced by Walt Disney Productions about a goose that lays golden eggs. So, see? I wasn't crazy. No, I, I will say this, and I've known this forever, and Richard, I'm sure you know it too. Sean will pull the most useless information out of his ass, much like Taylor pulls uh, dog tags from his ass. <laughs> his ass. But I didn't doubt you for a second. There you go. So All we, right. we, we move into this minute and we have unnamed gorilla soldier gorilla person mm-hmm. who's giving a speech that clearly is in control because of his headdress that he's wearing over his head. We finally get kind of a closer tight on somebody familiar, mm-hmm. Dr. Yeah. Zayas. We do get Dr. Zayas's intro. Who is the guy in the purple cloak? Who is that supposed to be? And it's not in my script. Prince. <laughs> but I mean, there's, 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 there's somebody else. James Brown? A, there's somebody else that's a, a, a leader. An orangutan. Uh, the head of the council? I mean, is that who's I, that supposed to be? I Maybe don't he's know. the clergy. I mean, he's wearing something cloak-like. He might be, but I, I didn't, I didn't get a sense of actually who this particular person was. And I don't know. On the I don't know. Yeah. I, I, you know, I saw him in passing, but I really didn't pay attention. But now you say it, that is interesting that he has. The description of the scene described Zaius, and also described the lawgiver statue, which we see at some point. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. But there's also another orangutan that's important, sitting down in a purple cloak, and I did not. I couldn't find anything to say exactly who that was. I don't think they I, I address know. it in the next couple minutes. But, but I, your, assume, I assume it's I assume it's the clergy, something like that. Some someone who's there to bless the meeting. But I I I think one of the most interesting things we get right off the bat, you've already mentioned, we get to see the lawgiver. We get well, a, a true grand shot of yeah, that statue. That statue. Mm-hmm. Well, real quick, um, he said something about I don't say all humans are evil because their skin is white. So how do they explain Dodge, who they've stuffed and put into a museum, who is a human that does not have white skin? Is he the only non-white skin that's ever been, and that's one of the reasons they have him in a museum? So he says, as and as a soldier, I see things simply. I simply do not. I do not say that all humans are evil simply because their skin is white. And we are now getting back into this idea of race in the politics culture, of it, yeah, which wasn't hasn't really brought up been brought up at all in this movie. We, we got a sense of it when we came in. We saw what was that supposed to be race or class? 
when we saw guerrilla soldiers, chimps, and orangutans. Ten, yeah. I, I think we were thinking kind of class with yeah, them. Yeah, class, class, class with them. There's like now a we're science class, the, the, a military their is, class. Their skin is white, not hairless. I mean, it was an, it was yeah. an interesting no, choice. That's a good point. Yeah, the fact that they said white, and that's why I was bringing up Dodge. Is that the first person of color of humans that they've seen? Is it a completely caucasoid species of humans on this planet? Uh, I, well, okay. I mean, I don't, or on I'm this not, planet. I'm, I'm not going to break right. down this idea of like, you know what they've casted in terms of these things but when you kind of go back and look at some of the humans it was just kind of whoever they had yeah so i don't think dodge really stood out in terms of skin color related to the extras they put in the in the human camp it didn't really i didn't, I didn't i'm see... sure they didn't have the thought of hey he's the first african-american man that's ever been here when they made it however i do think that when since you... then when you look at it you almost kind of have to go did he show up and scare the shit out of him because he was something other than a Caucasian human? It's yeah. just so it's so fascinating be, simply because their skin is white. I mean, that is so intentional. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. I, I think this is a pretty interesting way in the film to start getting real quickly back into the themes of the first one. We've had we've had no opportunity to have those themes because the story has necessitated that we tell. What happened to Taylor and Nova? How did Nova become the vessel to get Brent back to here? So now we're back knee-deep into it, and the moment we get in, we're having a grandstanding moment by the leader of the aggressive side, and he's telling us things like that, and then even goes on for what is considered to be the very famous line from this, the only good human is a dead human. But the, I guess what I don't like about this particular moment is... All humans are evil simply because their skin is white. We've now got a situation where we have a militaristic parable with a black leadership. Mm -hmm. We're moving into a Black Panther-esque moment. We're moving into a situation where what was government has now been taken over by a... I mean, it... it to me, this is playing into fear as opposed to actually having a discussion about race. Well, hang on. I, and I, I'm going to save that for tomorrow because I actually have a comment about that because I think you're right. Okay. I think it's very important what they're saying because I think those are conversations that are had at that time. But I think there's an interesting dynamic shift that has occurred in these films and the presentation of what they're actually saying to the populace of the people. I don't I think it's I personally think it's intentional. And I want to save that for tomorrow. All right. So we get it. We get a. I mean, we're still really early into this episode. We get a big shot of the crowd. He's still uh, this unnamed general person is talking and he's kind of dancing around the leaders. And they're kind of he's dancing around Zayas and uh, this clergy. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like they're on trial. <laughs> like, I feel very uncomfortable for them because I would feel in a position of of uh, mutiny of. Like they're they're trying to overturn overturn the, something the like they're like they're like they themselves are on trial or they themselves are at risk of whatever judgment is about to happen by the right. soldiers. And then he kind of points up to the sky, talking about the lawgiver, and then we get that the shot of the statue. But mm -hmm. it, is this the, the pan up there? Yeah. 
Is this the first time we get? No, we've seen the lawgiver in the um, funeral we, scene in the first movie, but nobody turned but they, to they, it and didn't say this is the they, lawgiver. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't say that was the lawgiver. But we've seen a statue similar to that, and we've had references to the lawgiver. But we've this never is the first had time we've seen it. Especially that was not there in the first time we see Terry. No, 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 not no, no. In at all. No, I don't so, even know if that was there in the wide shot it's earlier. Not. Okay, yeah. Mm-mm. But we it's the first time that we truly see when they say lawgiver, that's what it is. We've seen it before. Right. We've never had someone define right. it. They, they haven't well they put the two together, we still don't know what the lawgiver is. We right. know that is the lawgiver, right. not what the lawgiver is. And at this point he's being guarded by one gorilla. Mm-hmm. So even in this point, the aggression is guarding the, the, the faith part of it all. Uh, is this the same lawgiver statue? Because it seems considerably smaller I don't, I don't or larger than the one we saw in the I, actual temple. I, I don't I think, think it's, it's new. Yeah, I don't when think we talked about same. the fact that the original one was in somebody's backyard for a while. Yeah, yeah. I don't I, think it's the same one. No. no, I don't think it's the same one either. Now I don't know when looking at that if did they actually make that large or is that a forced perspective? Uh, well, that's why yeah. that's why I was wondering if it's the same statue, just it because it be does look the, like forced perspective. It could be forced perspective because when you look at it, you look and think that's huge. But to save money, they could have taken the same one and put it close to the camera. Yeah. Well, I mean, that could even be a cutout. I mean, we can't really tell. No, you can't tell if it's an actual statue without someone telling us the production notes. So we don't know. And again, Brent is watching all this and seems again has no issues with people speaking English. These gorillas speaking. Yeah, but English. he says this is a bloody nightmare at this point. So he at least is having a nightmare. He does. Yeah. We we we. Well, and what prompts him to say it's a bloody nightmare is because, uh, gen our soldier, gorilla Just says speaking, speaking the gorilla. only good human is a dead, dead human. human. And, and that it, that's that's kind of a hard comment. And so at that point, I actually begin, and this is kind of where I'll lead into what I think tomorrow. This made me start thinking of a clan rally. Yeah. The only good oh. human is a dead human. You know, you start thinking this is the aggressive side of what we saw before. There was the intellectual we we have to control, we have to suppress. This time, it's no, we have to eradicate. And then what is his speech? Because he says something about uh, being able to speak and be, the the difference between good and evil, evil and good. I. I you know, I'll, I'll be honest. The the script has actually a lot of stuff being said by um, unnamed unnamed person. gorilla leader. gorilla leader, uh, and it's a lot. Okay, and I have no idea if they filmed it, and I would love to see it filmed because well, it gives more context of what's happening. Oh, really? Do you want to read it? Are I mean, you I can. Doing I can it? read what what the script says. Tell us. All right, I'll interrupt you when I get to the part I think I'm talking about. All right, so. Do, 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 do. Let me find the beginning of this. It says... Oh, you haven't go back pages, huh? I am. 13, 12. We got one more day after this, Todd. Stay away. I know. I'm, I'm fading over here. You got to stay awake till tomorrow. French toast, You please. can sleep in the corner. We'll wake you up tomorrow. We'll get, we'll get this awesome. over with. All right. Awesome. All right. What I saw when I became your army commander broke my heart. I saw a country imprisoned on one, by the, on one side by the sea... And by the north, the south, and the west, by naked desert. And inside our country, we found ourselves infected by those enormous parasites which we call humans. By parasites who devoured the fruits that we had planted and land rightly ours. We flattened on the fertility of our fields that we made green with our wheat, who polluted the pure and precious water of our lakes and rivers with their animal excrement, who continued to breed in our very midst like maggots in a once healthy body. What should we do? How should we act? I know that every soldier knows the only thing that counts in the end is power, 
naked, merciless force. Today, the bestial human herds have at last been systematically flushed from from their feeding grounds. No single human being has escaped our net. They are dead, or if not dead, they are in their cages, condemned to die. I do not say that all humans are evil simply because their skin is white. But our lawgiver tells us that never, never will they have the ape's divine faculty for distinguishing between evil and good. Their eyes are animal, their their smell, the smell of the dead, of the flesh they eat. Had they been allowed to live and breed among us unchecked, they would have been overwhelmed us. When the concept of ape power had become meaningless and our high and splendid culture would have wasted away and our civilization would have been ravaged or destroyed. Well, you can see how you can just take humans out of there and put yeah. whatever thing because you hate in there. Because the only good yeah. human is a dead human. Yeah. And so when he's saying, you know, uh, I'm just saying a human can speak. They've met humans that can speak. So does that mean they can distinguish between the evil and good? Or is it just... I don't understand. He he was really setting up exactly where they yeah. are in terms of why the military had to take control and eradicate the humans. And now we're getting kind of an abbreviated moment just to kind of get them into this this moment of why humans are bad. And as soon as all the gorillas start cheering, it looks like Zaius wakes up from a nap. Mm. He does a little bit. That was my note. And it's kind of our first t- tight on Zaius. Mm-hmm. And it's our first sight of actually really good orangutan makeup. Like, <laughs> like it was, right? I mean, yeah, like, oh, that's much, good yeah. makeup, right. yeah. Hey, I'm not, and he I'm kind not of like, terrified now I can sleep. When he says uh, the only good human is a dead human and the guerrilla soldiers cheer, he kind of startles. Startles like he's away. Been this entire yeah. time. So in this, we also get a shot, and this is toward the end of the minute, where um, we see a familiar face. Two. Well, and that brings up what we have to, I think, talk about at this point because we know someone who's not in this movie. I, I don't know who's not in this movie. So what, what, so what was interesting about that moment? In, so in Zira. But what actor did not work in this movie? Oh, was uh, McDowell not Roddy in Roddy McDowell's oh, not I didn't in even, because, wait, it looks but they just, does? Okay, yeah. So so we, we get this fantastic moment of the crowd cheering and Zayas waking up to it. Mm-hmm. And the chimpanzee being silent, but so you, you zoom in on two familiar faces, mm-hmm. but in like the half a second before... You see some of the chimps because they're all quiet. You see some of them actually turn and look at Zira, mm-hmm. like waiting for her to right. respond to what's about to happen. So we get the shot, and is anyone going to dispute that that looks like Cornelius? Oh yeah, it's got to be the makeup from because I thought it was Cornelius. So it's not. It's not, not Rodney McDowell. McDowell. Right. He was, he, that was David Watson, an English actor that was recast. His credits began in TV. Um, this was arguably his biggest film work. Prior to that, his biggest credits were Petticoat Junction, eventually <laughs> Charlie's Angels, and The Bionic Woman. All right. So, and he did a lot of things like Bonanza and things like that too. So he had the work, but he he was a, the biggest thing. He was an English actor, therefore he could do the he voice could, and he can mimic the voice. When we get to that point, I, I will spoil this for you. Mm-hmm. He does a pretty good job. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. I think even looking like Roddy McDowell in the makeup, he does a good job. Mm-hmm. So we we get that tight on two familiar faces, Zero and Cornelius. He does a really nice kind of moment where he has his hand to his right. chin and he kind of moves his fingers as if he's made this decision. And then we, we move back to Gorilla Leader who says, by a revered minister of science, Dr. Zayas. And the minute kind of ends with a few people clapping quietly. Which if we have uh, – we have to extrapolate there's been a – some time since the cave at the end of the first movie, Taylor disappearing, picking up Brent and coming back here. We were the, at the end of the last movie. The last we heard, they were going to be 
tried and potentially executed. And now they're just sitting here right. when people are having a rally of some sort. That so is a really, really good point. Did the trial happen yet? Did it? Okay. Did they? I don't know. Let me ask this question yeah. because we got the reiteration of the last film at the beginning of this one, and in that it was eradicated any mention of them being trialed for, uh, on, put they on did, trial for they heresy. Ex- yeah, they c- it was, cut them out of everything. Was. So have they rewritten what's to happen? Is it like uh, uh, the the Force Awakens versus the Last Jedi, where Kylo Ren scar moves? Oh, well, yeah, it, because have they, they rewritten something to ha- and why, why did they do that? Because they like to, they wanted to look better in the second movie. Whatever. I'm, I'm going to go a little further than that. So yes, you, correct. You are correct in the fact that at the end we had Cornelius being hauled off mm-hmm. for his crimes. They're going to be tried for heresy. Zira has a moment with Zaius as if they have like some commonality. Mm-hmm. Cornelius's cave has been destroyed. All yep. his evidence has been destroyed. He's going to go on trial. We're now in a situation where there appears to be some type of military coup. I promise you, Zayas wants all the allies he needs, he can have. True. Okay, I I like that. Humans have been eradicated. I like that a lot. Taylor's gone. Zayas doesn't care. But Cornelius and Zero are now not his enemies. It's what's happening around him that he just woke up for in this minute. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. <laughs> he did really quite hit Whoa. Hey. Away. Yeah. He almost looked like Whoa. me a little bit ago, kinda of, oh, coming around. But for a bit. but I mean that I mean what? that's what I that's what I gathered from it. I gathered from the fact that something else is happening internally inside Gorilla City and Zayas is no longer that is no longer his priority. But I mean if we take into the idea that, you know, humans skin white maybe Right. Maybe there was something politically happening with the eradication of, of humans that chimpanzees are quiet about because they're being obviously quiet. Mm-hmm. The orangutans are being kind of sitting there like they're the leadership, but they're also being quiet because they've been taking over the military. I mean, it's a it's a really imbalanced, uncomfortable situation for everybody. Absolutely. That's it for me. What are you guys? I think that was a great episode. We're leading into a I think Friday. we're going to pack that one up, send it off to the Museum of Television Radio, get it right TV, into the archives. TV radio podcasting? Yep. All right. That is Thursday in the books. Be back tomorrow, and we will give you what we say is an exciting Friday send-off instead of the usual kind of downhill side. Yes. Right? I promise you, of all the Friday Men of the Apes ones, this will be the one you hear tomorrow. Awesome. For for Richard and Sean, I'm Todd. Have a great one. We'll see you tomorrow. Goodbye, everybody. Beneath the minute of the apes. Beneath the minute of the apes. Beneath the minute of the apes. The only good human is a dead human. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.